Support for this episode comes from PCG Digital. It is anywhere from difficult to impossible to manage every aspect of the changing digital landscape. Rather than trying to do it yourself, why not leave it to an award-winning team of digital marketing specialists who have mastered it all? Connect your message with more potential customers with PCG Digital. Go to pcgdigital.com for more information. As a leader, we have to communicate our ideas clearly and effectively and succinctly so our team understands uh, what they need to do. But for many, just speaking in public makes them nervous. They don't think they're good or they've mentally defeated themselves and say, well, I'm shy. I'm not a great speaker. Well, today I've brought journalist and best-selling author John Bowe author of the newest book, I Have Something to Say, to share his strategies and tips that have helped thousands of people become better communicators. So let's dive into today's episode of You're in Charge, Conversations at Spark Change with author John Bowe. I'm excited for people to stop thinking that I have to be Tony Robbins, as you said, you know, go watch Ted talks. They sound normal, but even not that just even sitting around the table with friends to be able to communicate an idea versus sitting there in silence or being able to stand at your workplace and communicate an idea or have an opinion about your report or talking to your team and being able to communicate what you expect from them in a confident way, a clear way, that's an effective way that gets the results you want. I think we do have a tendency to always tell ourselves what we can't do versus what we can do. And as I said, this simple way of building up your, it's a skill. It really is a skill. There's always going to be excellent people. Trust me, there's always going to be superstars. But if that's what you want to do, then you can go learn. But for most of us, we don't want to be that. But we also don't want to have people go, oh, God, could you please stop talking? The thing that blows me away is that the things you need to learn to get to be good at are mostly mental, mm -hmm. mostly easy. And they're so obvious that if there's anything difficult about them, it's it, that they're so obvious. So I could tell anybody, I sort of distilled Aristotle into three basic insights. And Aristotle, you know, to go to the book, I read Aristotle's book about rhetoric called, you know, The Art of Rhetoric. 15 times. And it was so hard because he packed more into one sentence mm -hmm. than most classes do in a whole semester. And you could breeze right by it and say, yep, got it. That's obvious. Duh. And move on. And then you get snagged on it 25 times and you have to go back and reckon with it. So one of the things, for example, that he says is the public is the beginning and the end of public speaking or the audience. The audience is the beginning and the end of public. Okay. That sounds so obvious that you don't even need to think about it. It's very, it's not controversial. But what he means is every single thing you do when you go up to, on a stage, the thing, whatever you're wearing, the background, the lights, you need to think it through in terms of the audience. The first words you say, the way that you describe yourself, the way you describe your subject, the way you connect your subject to them and present it as something that's relevant to them, interesting to them, necessary for them. Right. And, and basically your whole thinking about your presentation, if it's not helpful for the audience, if it's not framed in the way that they can absorb the most easily, then you're falling down on the job. Right. So that sentence, you know, if you break down public speaking into a group of 
different things. You could talk about body gesture and the words you choose and your vocal tone, you know, how you stand. You could talk about your costume, your dress, whatever. Um, all of those things kind of come into his one sense of the audience is the beginning and the end of public speaking. You don't need to think about your vocal tone. You need to think about your vocal tone only insofar as it affects your audience and helps them. Right. You don't need to think about your, you know, standing around and being this really jazzy personality and crossing the stage three times and having a pink lapel and having all this stuff so that you stand out except in so far as it will help their eyes and ears and mind understand you. And it's, it's super interesting. I mean, everything that we talk about now, when we talk about politics or when we talk about speech anxiety, mm -hmm. when we talk about fake news, when we talk about good politicians, bad politicians, when we talk about leadership, it is all in that book. And it's an impossible book for modern people to read because it's so dense and weird. He's not a teacher. He's a brilliant thinker, but not a teacher. So so just you said something right when you started talking about Aristotle and you were talking about obvious. So do you think one of the faults of people learning this or schools teaching this is because the assumption is it's obvious we already know it. So we're moving on to something else. I think it goes back to what we talked about earlier, how people think that speech anxiety or the inability to speak well to a group is based and rooted in a personality problem or an emotional deficit or emotional problem. And really it's this skill set that it's a little bit hard for us to see. Right. And so these rules are so obvious because they're so basic. They don't take high IQ to understand them. If you explain them to me, I'd be like, yeah, okay, Glenn, yeah, got it. Yeah, got it. Beat these. And then I would proceed to write my speech or perform my speech as if I hadn't listened to a word that you said. So you need to kind of, if I'm working with clients or students or whatever, I need to reel them back and say, okay, what are my three principles? Let's go through these again. And, you know, by the third or fourth or fifth or 18th time, people have heard them, they get it. And they've written them down themselves and they can apply it again and again. But they're not about acting. They're not about how you feel. So these Greeks and then later the Romans who taught and developed a lot of the same stuff, they didn't talk about how little Johnny is feeling anxious today and we need to alleviate his fears. And he should imagine the audience naked or he should take a beta <laughs> blocker before his speech. They were talking about language and people. So and when so, you said, so, so you were said, I, and I, sorry to interrupt, but you said there were three principles and we talked about the one, the audience's beginning and end is the audience. What were the other two? Um, one of them is, is uh, how are you going to make your audience happy? So okay. his basic thing, you, you see this in Dale Carnegie, you saw it in the guy who did, uh, who started Toastmasters, Ralph C. Smedley. They had a way of saying it, which is that all speech is sales, which mm -hmm. I took issue with and I hated that because I thought it cheapened the human race and blah, blah, blah. But in the end, it turns out Aristotle said the same thing in different words. And what they mean is, okay, whatever I'm talking about, whether I am the devil or whether I'm trying to save the world or whether I have something really, really true and interesting or data heavy, mm -hmm. or it's a moral, you know, morally impassioned speech, whatever it is, I wanna change your mind about something. I'm, I'm looking to get you to believe me, to listen to me, 
to absorb my worldview. And you, for your part, aren't looking for that. What you're looking for is you want to make Glenn happier today. Every person is basically like gravity for personalities and for brains. Happiness is our gravity. The thing we're looking for in every speaker is how are you going to make me happy? And that can take different forms. It could mean, please don't bore me. What's your right. point? Please be brief. Please be clear. I have nine other Zoom calls today. <laughs> like, just don't waste my time. And right. that's. So when you're focusing on my happiness, you are letting me know that you care about the one thing I care about most. It's not the subject of your talk. It's me, my happiness. Right. And so Aristotle had a very weird way of laying that out. And I read the book of the 18 times I read his book. I think I read 15 times through without getting what he was talking about there. But he said, what I finally understood is if you're not appealing to people's happiness and their sense you know they're looking for that no one's just going to sit there and absorb your boring data right unless you recognize that if you fail to recognize that you're going to look you know it's like looking at this instead of looking like this you're you're looking off to the side of who people are and they'll notice that and think that you're weird well i've seen that where to to your point is the first is the audience and your second is making them happy I've been in speeches or, or, or attended uh, speeches where, yes, that that was a very dynamic speaker and they had gr some great information, but they didn't connect it to the audience. They didn't make it relevant to that audience. So they weren't happy because to your point is their happiness was now I got to figure out what he's talking about or what she's talking about. How does that connect to what I'm doing versus using an example, especially if it's an industry, you know, you're speaking to an industry group, understanding how, well, how can I get examples that connect to them? So they go, oh, I got it now. And that, that ties into the happiness of, I walk out feeling I understood, I felt entertained, I felt I got something, I might've been moved to your point is, I don't feel frustrated. I don't feel disappointed. I don't feel this is a waste of my time. And sometimes speakers don't think that because it's also the, this is my canned speech that I, that works for me all the time. And I'm just going to go crank it up and do it. But every audience is I like number one, the audience is the audience. It begins and ends. They're different, different time of day. Is this the first time, first speech of the day, the fourth speech of the day, you know, a, a lot of different variables. So I like that. It's, I mean, it's something that's, again, it's very easy to do. If I'm going to talk, let's say I'm promoting, I'm a, I'm a politician, I'm promoting a tax cut. I still, my, the details of it might be the same for every audience, right? The, the data part of it. But talking about why it will make you happy is going to vary from audience to audience. And if I fail to connect the, dot, the dots and talk about your income bracket or how it fits into your other local taxes, state taxes, whatever, like I've got to deliver that thing to your cognitive doorstep. Right. And it doesn't mean lying. It doesn't mean pandering. It just means if I'm talking about a cure for cancer in a certain part of China, I should find kids from that certain part of China who were dying of that form of cancer to really bring home the issue and how important it is right. rather than talking about the Polish kids who I talked about the last time I gave the speech back in Poland. 
Right, yeah. right. Now, sometimes it's it to your point is there there are some if it's not done correctly, it does sound pandering because it sounds because they haven't really connected all the pieces. It sounds just everything is the same except someone some aide gave them the name or here's here's what happened in this town insert here but they haven't thought through the flow or it just sounds off or it sounds a little hokey. Uh, and to your point is the delivery to the audience isn't really relevance to make them happy. It's see, I know you do uh, like me, but then that defeats point number one, which is the audience is the audience is the audience. Yeah. When it's done badly, it feels a little bit like robo call, right. you know, at phone tree things that say, you know, <laughs> thank if you, you want for sales, push for one. Us, thank you. Yes. John, your call is very important. Right. Exactly. Or you get the emails of bracket, bracket, first name, bracket, bracket, you know, and then you see and they're going, oh, this, well, this is just a, a, a form mail. So, so let's, let's, let's switch gears for a second. You, you obviously are working with individuals when you come in, if you were advising someone to self, quote unquote, self-diagnose, because again, maybe they don't have someone like you there. But when you go in and you're working with a group of kids or you're working with a business and they say, hey, we need some help or I need our CEO needs some help with speech. How do you approach like what's your what's your your, your sort of system to be able to unpack where you have to work? and where you have to tweak and fix. I mean, it's pretty similar most of the time, I have to say. It's, the order might not be the same every time, but the, the criteria, the things you have to hit on seem to repeat themselves pretty often. I think that whole thing of connecting with people and focusing, retraining your thoughts so that they're not you're not thinking too much about yourself, you're thinking about that. There's kind of a checklist right. at the beginning and I think it begins with this idea of purpose. What do you want them to know or do as a result of this talk? Great. And so if someone hasn't sat down to figure that out, that's a red flag. And it's a very easy thing to fix because most people do know it. They just never sat down to articulate it. Right. So, okay, that's what the purpose of your speech is. Do you tell them that anywhere in their speech? Do you say... Hi, at the beginning of your speech, you'd be amazed at how many people give a speech and they just launch right into it. And so if your audience thinks that their happiness is the most important thing in the world, and coincidentally, they also think that they themselves are the most important thing in the world, much more so than your information. If you breeze into the room and don't say hi or some other kind of gesture acknowledging them, hey, right. I'm here, we're here. We're here talking. It's a nice afternoon. Thank you for having me here. Right from the beginning, you leave them kind of gulping for, for air because they don't get why you didn't acknowledge that most important thing. And, you know, CEOs do this all the time because they think they have this crazy idea that they're the most important. Right. So just that one thing, say hi, know your purpose, and then just for the hell of it, explain what your purpose is. Explain, I am going to talk about blah, blah, blah. It doesn't matter if everyone knows what you're going to be talking about. They want to hear it. And then right. the next step is they want to hear how you're going to talk about it. Now, a lot of what I'm saying, these rules can all be broken. 
and good speakers break them all the time, but these are just some basic notes that you want to mm -hmm. generally hit or consider as you're putting together a presentation. But most audiences want to hear, okay, I'm going to speak for 18 minutes. I'm going to speak in four different parts. The first part's about this, second part's about that, third part's about that, fourth part's about that. By the end of it, you will know, blah, blah, blah. And then as you're going through the speech, say, okay, so that's the first part that I told you I would tell you about, or now I'm going to tell you the second part, which is about blah, blah, blah. And I think, you know, as a writer, I blocked at all of that. I thought this is redundant. This is inelegant. This is a waste of time. The people aren't right. stupid. They don't need you to repeat that so much and be babyish about it. And it's just, it's not really like that. I think people are very bad at listening. Yes. Help kind of shore up their brain and their attention span when you do that. Okay. Okay. So now we're uh, in part number two out of four. So now I know exactly where it is and how it all fits together. So you're just able to pay more attention to that person. Well, I also think that helps you as a speaker have, I always chunk it when I'm building a speech. I, like I said, I always try to get to the end. What's point, what, why am I doing this? And then what's the journey and then chunking it. And I, I always, again, I would say the most of the time, depending on, you know, there might be a difference, but for the most part, I do exactly that. Here's what we're going to learn. Here's the learning. And here's what we learned, right? So you're capping it to say, here's what's going to happen. Now it's happening. Here's what just happened. And it, and it connects all of this and allowing people to know there's four sections and we're on two because if not, you can lose the audience because they're looking at their watch thinking, how long is this going to be versus we're going to take the next 45 minutes. Okay. Now I don't have to worry about time. I know it's 45 minutes and okay. We only have 15 minutes left and we're going to, and they're going, okay. And you're guiding them along those journeys. Um, I think to your point that allows the audience to go with you versus getting lost in where are we going on this ride i don't know yeah. and it's and as, as exciting as you are you're you're disconnecting because i'm going i i don't know where we're going i think also too you as a speaker you always have to contend with the fact that people have a hundred things going through their head they right. have a sick family member somebody is having sex with somebody they're not supposed to somebody's failing out of school somebody's on drugs there's a business thing or two or 10 that's going downhill that needs to be attended to. Oh yeah. You have to call. So, and so, so what, you know, somewhere between 10 and 80% of their brain is, you know, doing combat with all of these competing thoughts. Right. And so how can you make what you're talking about be clear? How can you make your slides be legible? How can you make your language not bogged down with words that are hard to hear foreign words, complicated words that you never really unpack for them and explain, right. slang words. You know, if you get them hooked early on, not hooked, but if you get them to understand, I will not waste your time. I'm not going to stand right. up here on stage and say, uh, yeah, well, you know, uh, I'm not really making eye contact. And, you know, a lot of the things I'm saying aren't really actually going to land in your ears in any way that helps you. I mean, I see somebody like that and it tells me, okay, I don't really have to listen. I can think about all that stuff. In my head right. Versus someone who's very you. clear. Right. I, I think someone always is, has asked me, how long should something be? I said, as long as it needs to be, that's it. As long as it needs to be to get the point across in a very simple way that the audience goes, I got it. Okay. Move on or just be done. 
Well, what if we end early? Great. People like you if you end earlier <laughs> than if you keep going longer just to hear yourself talk. Um, but it's, it's what I really love about our conversation as we sort of wind down here is that it is a skill that one can learn. We do talk all the time and it's just understanding some tactics and skills that you could practice or think about to your point, you start thinking, Oh, I didn't write down the purpose of my talk. Let me write, let me go backwards first. I can't go forward till I go backwards to go, why am I doing this? Now I have a clear, that actually will allow you to generate a more effective presentation slash speech. If I know why I'm doing it. And I think in the back of people's heads, right, when they're not understood, I might be saying more about me than people in general, but I always thought, well, people are just too dumb to understand this or the world isn't attenuated to someone so smart and thoughtful as me. Right. The world before swine. It's not worth it. So for me, this whole thing was a big comeuppance. I realized that I was arrogant and unskilled, you know, and a lot of other things I didn't really want to confront, but I do think, I hope, I know I don't hope, I don't know, but I feel like that's very, very common. And I feel like the upshot of that, if no one understands you, if you're not good at making yourself understood, you're going to be pissed off, kind of lonely, kind of alienated. So mm -hmm. no, I, 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 I think that's, I think that's actually really a crux of it is that there, there, if I'm to be, if I'm on stage, I, I need to be that person. I need to speak in elevated words. I need, right. And then everyone else is looking at that going, well, there's no chance in hell that I can do that. So I'll just stay down here. And the reality is you're, it's the connection. And I think that's the word that connect, like, I just need to connect. Listen, if I'm speaking to a, a group of English scholars, yeah, and we're all speaking, but you're speaking in a language they understand. They understand those words. So you don't have to worry about a disconnect, but that goes back to understanding your audience. But I think that really truly is a phenomenal way to put it is I I don't need to be that way. I have to connect and more people want to connect on a basic level that I can understand. They'll come along for the ride if I understand you and I connect with you versus I'm intimidated by you or disconnected from you for whatever reason. And, you know, for me, I guess the, the real big and great takeaway is I don't need to dress like some fancy guy or talk mm -hmm. in some way that feels unnatural. This thing of connecting, there's nothing unholy about it or inauthentic, you know, it's really just think, Oh, who am I going to be talking to and how can I make this easy for them? There's nothing stinky about that. There's nothing. No, no. I think the more that we can focus on exactly that, how can we make it easy for people to understand what I'm talking about so that we can get the end result that we want. When I work with companies, that's what I work with them on is how are you communicating what you want? Because if you communicate it in one way, the picture in your head may not be the picture in their head. And then that's why you're frustrated later on about, well, we didn't get the results we wanted. Well, what words did you use? Were you really clear? Or did you show them? Did you explain it to them? Or did you use very general terms? Like we have to pick up our numbers and let's go out there and have a great day and let's go out and motivate each other. And we're going, well, what the hell does that mean? All right, I'll go try. I'll figure it out. And then you get that friction point of, I told you this. Well, you weren't really clear to me. You know, I didn't, I didn't connect with you.
And that's, I think, a big struggle for a lot of people who are in leadership roles. They don't know how to communicate effectively. They think they are, but they haven't thought it through to really understand what, what it is, to, going back to the beginning, what's point B, what, what's the result I want, and how am I communicating that so that someone can understand it and then take action. So thanks so much for watching this episode. Again, please connect with John, go to Amazon and buy his book. I have something to say. It will help you, as he said, become a better communicator. Not that you have to be on stage in front of thousands of peoples, but merely in front of your family, your friends, or more importantly at work, ability to communicate is key for success. So thanks again. Don't forget to leave your comments below. Don't forget to subscribe and share this out. I do appreciate that. And as always, at the end of every episode, I say, you're in charge, but now John gave you a few more tools to make you more successful in both your personal and professional lives. Thanks again. Look forward to seeing you next episode.